message. This is Chad McLeod coming to you from Lakeland, Florida in the podcast studio. I am not joined today by my brother and business partner and fellow co-host of On Message. And so it's kind of weird. I have recorded podcasts by myself before, and I've always said it's a little strange to, to do that. But Joe, so big news, two things. One, I'm back with a podcast. I said uh, during our last episode in May that this was not the end of On Message. We were just taking a break for the summer. And it's been a good summer. It's been a good break from the podcast. But now that school is, is back in, at least around here, uh, I feel like we are ending summer and looking toward the fall, and it was time to return to the podcast second piece of big news while we were out joe had an incredible opportunity come his way to be the director of public relations for an organization that's based here in lakeland but has a regional and i would even say nationwide and and probably some international work um an organization called one more child and they are heavily involved in the child welfare system foster care training and licensing of foster families, uh, human trafficking initiatives and awareness campaigns, and they were in need of a director of public relations. And so, as you can imagine, at times, uh, there are opportunities that both of us have seen out there and caught our attention and thought that would be interesting and and maybe look into it and kind of flirt with the idea, do we want to leave the firm and go to work for an organization? And for Joe, this was just a great fit. And uh, so I am thrilled for him, selfishly miss him around the business. Even recently, we've got new clients and projects coming into the firm. And, uh, you, you know, I can tell that uh, Joe has, he's been in the, the new role over at One More Child for, I guess, about a month now. And so uh, trying to uh, just figure out how to move forward fill his uh the the role that he he brought to this firm and on the podcast so it was always a back and forth between me and joe and that was fun being brothers and kind of at times have some lively discussions i do want to have him back on uh as a guest and so to come in and talk about some of the things that he is doing that one more child is doing as an organization and some of their pr efforts and uh what our listeners can take away from that so i set all of that up to say that on message is back but it's back with a little different feel and that i i will continue to cover the same types of stories and and takeaways from what's happening uh, current events and news stories and, and organizations trying to cover some interesting topics for those of you who are listening but at the same time interviewing more people i want to bring in we, we have a network of public relations professionals all around the country and internationally people who have were connected to who would be i think great guests on this show so stay tuned for that that is in the works leading off today so i want to talk a little bit about public relations disasters what is a pr disaster i have, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know that I, for a, a season, and I still feel this way, the term PR stunt is something that would just really ruffle my feathers because I, I would say in public relations, we don't do stunts. We're not um, the, the stunt men. We don't come in and make things look real that aren't, and uh, there may be some of that that is done in public relations, but the, as I would describe it, ethical and uh, the right way to practice PR does not involve stunts. And so when I hear public relations stunt, I always cringe a little bit. So I saw a headline recently that used the term public relations disaster. And so I started thinking about that. What is a PR disaster? And do we use that term sometimes when it's really not? And this headline, it's a, an article in Forbes, and it was talking about the airline industry over the summer. And so if you think back, if you traveled on a plane anytime between Memorial Day and let's just say 
up until Labor Day. Maybe you have a flight booked. That experience most likely has not been the best experience of your life. And so it's been challenging for the airline industry. I don't think any particular airline, but just airlines traveling by plane, airports in general. It's been a, a tough season between pilot shortages, crew shortages, um, luggage logistics. You hear a lot of stories of uh, more luggage being lost or it happening more frequently. Weather, I know, has been a factor. And a lot of flight cancellations and delays around the July 4th holiday. And that was kind of the catalyst for this story. It said airlines suffered public relations disaster, but earnings look good. The article mainly focuses on earnings and revenues and pointing out that it's been a good second quarter financially for airlines that ticket prices have been up uh, even though fuel is higher and uh, people there are still traveling by airplane that the demand for air travel has been strong and so even though the things have not been smooth operationally or the customer experience there's a lot of stories social media and just anecdotally i think that uh, are not good for the airlines even though all of that's been going on that they have fared well financially during the second quarter now will that continue and uh, who knows but there was an analyst in the story who's quoted and used the term this is it's been a public relations disaster and so i i wanted to talk about that a little bit that there are things that we would say don't rise to what we would call a PR disaster. There are certainly PR disasters. When I think of those, I think of things like a cruise ship. I believe it was Carnival a while back that had a, a ship that you had, and not just this, I think it was pre-COVID, people getting sick on the ship. You've got an outbreak of some sickness and the ship cannot get clearance to come into a port. And so you've just got a ship floating around that has a bunch of sick people on it and it's being covered every day in the news that I would consider a PR disaster if I'm in uh, inside on the PR team or the agency that is representing them. I think of the BP oil spill, uh, something that is major. It's significant. There is continuous coverage. Boeing, we've talked about Boeing on this podcast a lot, uh, problems with the, uh, you know, the production quality control of these airplanes and, and it was leading to incidents, crashes, fatalities, those things are PR disasters. I don't consider, when I look at what is happening, and, and there are two reasons for this, but the airline industry, that things not going well, bad experiences, just overall an unpleasant ordeal for most travelers isn't by itself a PR disaster. Now, it's not a good look, and I use that phrase from time to time with clients and say this, this isn't a a good look for you or your brand if you were to go this route or this is happening. Not necessarily a disaster. I think that's a, a little bit extreme. The second reason that I would say in this case is it's not isolated to one airline. So if every airline is just killing it in terms of customer service and fewer cancellations, they've got all their pilots, they have um, a system where they never lose your luggage and they're known for that and they are most of the airlines are doing that and then you've got this one that is just it's horrible in, in how they operate and and they stand out for the wrong reasons and it continues and it builds that can become a, a PR disaster I, I think uh, as we're talking about PR crises 
there is a a spectrum of what rises to, okay, this is a disaster for the brand. This is something that will leave a negative mark for a long period of time, whatever that may be, versus this is, it's not a good look. It's over time, it, it may erode public confidence, your consumers' trust in your ability to provide quality experience. Now, in the case of air travel, again, if they're all struggling, if they are all in the same boat of um, less than stellar, let's say, uh, traveler experiences, then it's, again, not a good look, not what, as the airlines, uh, there's not what they want to strive for. But is it a PR disaster? I don't think so. Uh, There are certainly those that uh, cases and things that are PR disasters, and airlines can have those. I mentioned Boeing, and uh, some of the the airlines were certainly associated with that when uh, there were plane crashes. But when I saw this headline, uh, I'm always curious when I see either public relations stunt or disaster to look into it and see well what what's going on, and is it really the way it's being described? And if not. Uh, what what is going on for the airlines and as they're looking you know there are a lot of factors that I, I don't want to say are they're all beyond their control but you do have some things that affect operations that uh, an organization may not have full control over and so as a brand from a PR standpoint and trying to communicate that to your customers uh, stakeholders that can be very challenging and especially if expectations aren't being met, if the experience, in this case for travelers, is painful as a company, what are you doing? What are you saying to try and either restore, regain that trust, or to assure people that this is not the norm? It's not what you want uh, for the long term of, let's just say, Delta Airlines, Southwest, you know, pick your carrier, that your communications... And, and Joe talked about this a lot uh, in responding to incidents or crises, but acknowledge what people are feeling. Understand uh, putting yourself in, in their shoes and making that clear in your communications that you, you get it, that you know that people are frustrated, that traveling um, by air right now for many people has been a difficult experience but here's what we are trying to do here's what we're working on here's how we're trying to make it better that would be my advice if any pr representatives from the airline industry are out there listening moving from that so talking about a pr disaster that can become a a crisis I saw another story recently from uh, actually it was yesterday so I just saw it this morning PRnewsonline.com discarding crisis PR tenants that were effective during the Ice Age. It's a good headline, whoever wrote that. So no one wants to pull out something that was used during the Ice Age and unless it was maybe effective, and now it, it's been abandoned for whatever reason. But uh, this is by Arthur Solomon. So he's a crisis communications consultant. We've had him, Joe interviewed him on the podcast a while back, and he always has some good food for thought and I think challenges in in some ways, conventional wisdom in the PR industry. And he just gives a couple of assumptions or things that maybe uh, people think about crisis responses. So if you pick your incident and your crisis and, and how do we respond as an organization, one of the things that he, he says is, uh, he doesn't call it a myth, he calls it a tenet. Have a crisis communication plan on the shelf. And he says this is partially incorrect. And so uh, I, I'm with him, uh, his reasoning on this. You know, we do crisis communications plans and are big proponents of organizations 
having that crisis readiness element in place in their leadership. And part of that is having a plan. But he says it's good to have a plan that details things like who should immediately be informed of the crisis, possible spokespeople, and a checklist of first steps. However, uh, other than those kind of standard items, he says, and I quote, every crisis needs original thinking. Unlike clothes, there is no one-size-fits-all crisis program. And, and he points out that a lot of crisis plans sit on the shelf and they're outdated, and I would agree with that. It's not enough to have a plan, talk about it one time, put it on the shelf, and then never revisit it or only revisit it every couple of years, that things change constantly and every situation can be compared against that crisis plan. You can look at it and say, okay, how, how, do, we, how do we operate? But in a true fast-moving crisis... It may not be uh, the the ideal thing to pull out a, a a notebook and start looking through and say what do we do. You want to have it. Uh, it's kind of the the central themes and and the steps as part of leadership to where leadership is familiar enough with how do we respond in a crisis to where if if you can't pull out and just go step by step through a document that there's a knowledge a working knowledge of what this looks like some of the do's the don'ts spokespeople so. On that note, uh, he says uh, sometimes people think during a PR crisis, uh, the top executive should be the spokesperson. This can be true in many situations, but as Arthur points out, whoever has the most knowledge about the situation, whichever executive that is, you can even have multiple spokespersons if necessary. And, And maybe the top executive, the CEO, has a role, has more of a big picture response, and then the executive who oversees that department, that program, whatever it may be, is the one talking about the details. And you see that oftentimes, and that can be an effective way of responding and providing information and answering reporters' questions without trying to put your CEO in the position of knowing every detail of what is happening. He challenges the notion that you have to respond immediately during a crisis. And what he means by this is that you don't have to provide a complete or try to provide a complete accounting uh, for what has happened, a detailed response immediately. Now, he does recommend, and I would as well, that you don't ignore inquiries about something that has happened. You don't just wait until people start asking, hey, what's going on here, that you can put out an initial statement that acknowledges, again, going back to that tenet of acknowledging what is happening to say, we are looking into it. We're finding out more information. We uh, will hold a news conference at this time. Something in that first statement that shows we're on it. We're not asleep at the wheel. We're not hiding. We're not avoiding your questions. All of that can be inferred if there is silence from the organization. Another thing that he mentions is that you don't always have to respond to a negative story, that there might be the thought that that it's a must to issue a response to any negative story about your organization or your brand. And Joe used to talk about, I seem to be referencing Joe and his, his PR wisdom, so I'm thinking I learned a lot from him sitting in this podcast studio for several years, that you run the risk of punching down if you respond to every negative story or to critiques that aren't that widespread. Maybe you would make, generate more awareness by your response, your act of punching down to try and respond to that negative story if it's limited in its impact and its readership and and the um, effect of your brand. 
that act of responding will generate more awareness and, and attention. And now everyone is, is aware of the original story. And so I think that requires some analysis. And, and again, as Arthur mentioned in his piece, original thinking. What do we do with this negative story? I, I, I know sometimes for leaders of an organization, it's not comfortable to read a negative story and um, that tendency and temptation to want to respond immediately may need to be restrained. But is it a story that's just going to move on with the next news cycle? You let it sit and, and you're prepared if it starts to kind of fester and move into something else. But maybe it's not the best strategy uh, to respond. I think most of our PR colleagues out there would agree with this next one and, and know this to be true, that you, you really can't limit or hope to limit your coverage of a, a negative story by releasing it on a Friday afternoon or a weekend or during a major event and hope that reporters are busy, out of the office, not paying attention, and so the coverage will be limited, if any. And I, I know years back, I think this was a, a tactic that, that people would use, and maybe sometimes to an extent today, but if it's news... And if it's something that the media are, are interested in covering, they will. And social media amplifies that. And so whether you put it out at 4.30 on a Friday afternoon and, and it doesn't get traction immediately, um, it's unlikely that it will stay silent, that you'll just be able to say, oh, we, we announced it, but nobody, nobody picked it up. Um, so timing of a, uh, a negative, uh, the announcement of, of something that is negative that might be important just in the overall scheme of you know, what else is going on in our organization or in, in the news cycle and in general, but not as a uh, an approach to try and limit the effect of the coverage. I think really the resources and the energy need to go into the response strategy, the messaging of, okay, how do we answer questions about this? How What do we say? How do we talk about this not only to the media, but to our stakeholders, to our customers, to our leadership, to our board, uh, whatever groups and constituencies are most important to your organization, not stressing over so much, oh, let's, let's try and release this at a time when fewer people are paying attention. That is not going to set you up for success, and so I certainly agree with that. I think it's, it's, this is a good piece if you uh, have some time and you're interested, prnewsonline.com by Arthur Solomon. And as I mentioned, he, he's been a guest on, on this podcast. And so that's what I mean. We, I really want to bring in uh, new and some returning guests, just people who are what I would consider some of the top minds in the public relations industry. So if you have a chance to, to check out that piece. Uh, if you have recommendations or people you think this would be a good guest interview or this would be a good story, um, something you see that's happening in the news and you would like me to talk about it to give you my PR expertise on whatever the, uh, the event or whatever's happening, always love to hear from listeners. You can email me, chat at mccloudcommunications.com. Our business website is mccloudcommunications.com, and, and we work in the areas that I'm talking about on this podcast. Issues management, crisis communications, media relations. How do you get your story into the news? You may just have something that you really want news media to cover, and what does it take to do that, and what are the strategies for that? Uh, I um, am happy to be back on the podcast, and I don't know that I can pull this off every week. We will see how it goes uh, in the month of August and get some guest interviews going. But uh, again, look forward to connecting with some of our listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great weekend and week ahead, everyone. We'll see you back again soon.